0: The Embedded podcast brings you eye-opening reporting.
1: There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet.
0: Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ophira. We are hard at work producing a new episode of Ask Me Another. So this week, we're bringing you one we recorded last October in Santa Barbara with yacht rock legend Michael McDonald. We'll be back next week with a brand new show for you. And thank you.
2: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Libero Theater in Santa Barbara, California. It's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Yay! Hello, everybody! So nice! Thanks, Jonathan.
2: Thank you, Ophira.
0: Yeah, it's great to be back here. I know, it's nice. Look at you guys all relaxed and happy. Weird. I've been here, what, two and a half days? I feel very relaxed. I feel very relaxed. We live in New York. This is, it's a different experience out here. Do you feel relaxed? I
2: I do. It takes a good 24 hours to to uncoil, but yeah, it's happening. Yeah,
0: right. For the first 24 hours, you're like, can I get my coffee faster? And then they're like, no. And you're like, okay. As different as it is to be here from New York, uh, Santa Barbara and New York actually have a few things in common. Uh, For one, Santa Barbara is 92 miles north of Los Angeles. New Yorkers also feel above L.A. (laughs) You guys feel better than Los Angeles, right? You're always... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? So we have an amazing show for you. We have four brilliant contestants that are going to be right up here playing some nerdy games with us. They're actually backstage right now daring each other to eat an entire pack of Necco wafers. But one of them will become our big winner. And uh, what an amazing guest we have. It's hard to believe. Our special guest is Michael McDonald. Yeah. I'm excited. But when we announce this... All of our writers' boyfriends freaked out. They were like, oh my God, are you serious? That's amazing. You were beside yourself.
2: I was very excited, yeah. Listen, I...
0: (laughs) Yeah, listen. I want to know.
2: I mean, he's got an iconic voice. Oh, yeah. He's been everywhere. He's sung with everybody. Yeah. He's got a fantastic solo career. Yes. He sang with Steely Dan. I know. He's like the epicenter of Yacht Rock.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) You're a fan of Yacht Rock.
2: I'm a huge fan of Yacht Rock.
0: Yeah, what do you like about it?
2: I don't know if you know this, if you're, but I'm a songwriter. Yes, I do. So I for me, this. it's very different experience to listen to music.
0: <laughs> you're right; I wouldn't understand. No,
2: you wouldn't really understand what I'm hearing because I'm hearing things on a different level. Sure, you are. Yeah. But for me, yacht rock is a very, very pleasing intellectual uh, experience. It's, yeah. It's complicated, but it's also super smooth.
0: Super smooth. Yeah, I like it because it sort of communicates like the desire to go on a very easy adventure coupled with the warm embrace of responsibility, right? Like, it kind of says, you know what? I do want a break from the trappings of everyday life, but also I want you to know I'm a dad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is inspired by the expression West Coast, Best Coast. That rhyme is a great way to remember which coast is best. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Alex Johnson. You're a PhD geology student at the University of California. I think so. Uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah, you're pretty sure?
3: Yeah. I was there today.
0: (laughs) Great. But you originally wanted to be an optometrist?
3: Oh, yes, ma'am, I did. What happened? I thought it would be the easiest way to be a doctor.
0: To be an optometrist? Yeah, I
3: was like, optometrist, they don't do anything. Yeah. So I talked to the pre-med advisor, and she told me that I wasn't a thoroughbred. Her exact words. What does she, that mean? She compared me to a quarter horse, and I still don't know what it means. <laughs> but it was her polite, or actually very impolite way of saying, you're not good enough to even be an optometrist. <gasps> so she told me to do forestry, but as part of that, I had a geology class, and the professor looked like Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> he had failed out of his undergrad his first time, and was like a 28-year-old professor. I'm like, I can do
0: that! <laughs> I can fail that many times easily. (laughs) Alex, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jonathan Cook. You're an engineer for a defense contractor, and you spent an entire year tracking how many hours you did leisure activities and then compared those numbers to a study done by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Okay, so was your goal to match
4: it?
1: Uh, It wasn't my goal to match it. My goal was to read more during the year, and so I thought by recording it, I would be incentivized to do it more, uh-huh. which was right. And then afterwards, you know, noticed a small change in the slope of my reading time and was curious and looked up uh, some of the numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics.
0: Okay, so let's, uh, let's walk through what's actually happening in your life. <laughs> How many books did you want to read? Uh, I wanted to read two books a month. Two books a month, that's great. Very ambitious. And then what happened that it declined? Um, I started dating my now wife. Sure, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Jonathan, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Alex and Jonathan, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. So in this word game, we rewrote the catchphrase West Coast, Best Coast to reflect more specific aspects of life in Southern California. Every answer is in the form West Coast, blank, coast. So you're going to fill in the blank with a different thing that rhymes with best.
2: For example, if I said... There's nothing like taking a nap on the beach. You would answer, West Coast, Rest Coast.
0: Easy enough. Ring in to answer, and here we go. Jumping in the Pacific Ocean makes me cold, especially my nipples. (laughs)
3: Alex. West Coast, Chest Coast. That is
0: correct, yes.
3: Chill out on
2: Sunday morning with a beach cocktail. We recommend a Hendry's Hendrix Martini with a citrus peel garnish. Jonathan,
1: what is Best Coast Zest Coast?
0: I'll give it
2: to you. That's correct.
0: This body star of the golden age of Hollywood knows that you're always happy to see her. Alex,
3: West Coast may West Coast.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
2: Many celebrities have homes in Santa Barbara, including Oprah Winfrey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Dracula, who's from this Romanian capital. Alex.
3: West Coast, Bucharest Coast. You
2: got it. Yeah.
0: This is your last clue. No, these aren't veneers. I've been brushing with Brilliance Blast toothpaste from this company, whose tagline was once... Open up and smile. Jonathan.
1: West Coast, Crest Coast.
0: Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Crest Coast. Great game, and Alex is in the lead. <laughs> Did you know Santa Barbara is Spanish for St. Barbara? <laughs> I also just found out that Santa Claus is from Barcelona, Hmm. which leads us to our next game called Santas and Barbaras. We're going to play you a clip of Santa Claus from a holiday movie or TV special mashed up with a clip of a famous person named Barbara. You can earn one point for identifying the film and one point for naming the Barbara. Alex, stay in the lead and you are in the final round. Jonathan, you need to get more points or you have to sit on Santa's lap. And tell him your greatest regret of this year. So far. Here are your first two clips.
5: Darling, what would you like for Christmas? I want
4: a gown of diamonds, long gloves and sweet perfumes.
0: Movie and Barbara.
3: Alex? Uh, For the movie... It's an old one, so I'm guessing it might be like, Yes, Virginia, there's a Santa Claus or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And then the Barbara, I was going to say Barbara Bush, but I don't think that's Barbara Bush.
0: All right. Uh, Bunch of great guesses there. Probably all wrong. But all wrong, that is correct. All right. Uh, Jonathan, can you steal? Maybe if we play
5: them again.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it looks like we can do that.
5: Darling. What would you like for Christmas?
4: I want a gown of diamonds, long gloves, and sweet perfumes.
1: I lied to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't steal.
0: (laughs) 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 She wanted to
2: hear it again. I get it.
0: This happens sometimes. Sometimes people, they're like, I'll hear it again. And then they realize it's the same clue. They get to hear it twice. No extra. All right. Anyone out there, what's the movie? Miracle on 34th Street. And the Barbara? and I say to both of you, learn your masters. <laughs> These next two clips are both from the small screen.
4: With this coat and this hat, I look just like St. Nick. Nick, I think you spent about twice as much money as you needed to to get this off the ground.
0: Jonathan. Barbara from Shark Tank. We can take that. Yeah, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. How about the other clip? Do you want to weigh in on that?
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Alex, can you steal the other half of this?
3: The Grinch You Stole Christmas? Yeah,
0: you're right. That was how the Grinch stole Christmas. That's right. And I'm sure Shark Tank contestants probably consider Barbara Corcoran the Grinch
3: of Shark (laughs) Tank.
0: (laughs) All right, in this mashup, the first clip is of a retired politician. We want to wake up the Congress to the fact that time is running
4: out. They were too late. Too late? (laughs) Why, nonsense.
0: Alex.
3: The clip was from Frosty, Mm -hmm. the snowman.
0: That is correct. (laughs) How about the other half? Um, no. Okay. Jonathan, can you steal?
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think uh, the Barbara is a California politician, but I do not know the last name.
0: <sighs> All right. Can't take that as an answer. Let's hear from you people. What's the Barbara? Who's the Barbara? Barbara. Senator Barbara Boxer. That is correct. Good job, audience. <laughs> this is your last clue. And this last mashup gets dark.
1: I'm going to ask you a terrible question. Did you ever
4: order anyone killed?
0: You killed him!
4: Did not. And he's not Santa.
1: Well, he was. Jonathan. Uh, Santa Claus. The Santa Claus? Yes,
0: the Santa Claus uh, is and correct. Then
1: the other one, I believe, is also on the list Barbara Walters.
0: Yeah, you got it! Yeah. There you go. Okay. Great game. is very close, Uh, but Alex is moving on to our final round. Coming up, our guest musician is Michael McDonald, E-I-E-I-O. We'll ask him what it was like to join the Doobie Brothers and become a newbie-doobie. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. In any great story, there's a moment that sparks your curiosity, tells you there is more to uncover. How how did this happen? How did we get here? That's where Embedded comes in. We are NPR's home for documentary journalism, immersive and intimate stories. I was stone-cold speechless. Nothing will ever, 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 ever be the same here. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way, stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR.
2: This is Ask Me, another NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, coming to you from Santa Barbara, California. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's a five-time Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter who's worked with the Doobie Brothers, Steely Dan, and Thundercat. Please welcome Michael McDonald.
5: Good evening, Santa Barbara.
0: Michael McDonald, welcome to Ask Me Another.
5: Oh, thank you. My pleasure.
0: So... I think a congratulations is in order. Just announced that the Doobie Brothers are going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
5: Well, there's a good chance, yeah. Thank you. You You know, uh, it's their 50th anniversary next year, so uh, it's it's very timely. uh...
0: You've been singing professionally for 50 years, but you started singing and going on the road with your dad when he was gigging?
5: I did uh, perform with my dad in in a lot of amateur stuff, but uh, he sang in in bars all around St. Louis for fun. I mean, he he just had his favorite piano players, and he would go down and... uh,
0: What kind of stuff was he singing?
5: You know, uh, we did a lot of, like, ragtime stuff, uh, old songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was an Irish tenor, if you were going to have to describe him, you know. And he sang a lot of the Irish songs, and... uh, I played banjo for him, too, when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs>
5: and uh, and so uh, we would do a lot of, like, you know, old uh, rag songs, you know, and stuff like that. And
0: how old were you, like
5: 12? Uh, you know, when I was about 10, 11, 12, or that, that age, I sang with my dad. Then I went into rock and roll and, and broke his heart, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because he thought it was terrible music? Yeah,
5: he didn't want to see me do that, but... Uh... <laughs> My grandmother snuck a guitar. She bought me a guitar for Christmas, and uh, that was the end of my banjo <laughs> playing. <again.
0: laughs> See you later, banjo. So you, you moved from Missouri to Los Angeles to be a session musician.
5: I signed a recording contract with RCA Records. Okay. A producer from uh, L.A. area, Rick Girard, signed me to RCA Records. And, uh, you know, like most artists in their first record deals, not much came of it, you know, uh, probably for the better really. Uh, but, uh, the, the wonderful thing about it was, uh, to keep me alive while I was out there, I was 18 then he, uh, used me on all his other recording sessions.
0: And is that how you met, uh, the Doobie brothers or Steely Dan or any of those people?
5: Eventually it was. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I played a lot of clubs and, uh, one of the bands I played in, uh, we were just local LA club musicians, but um, you could meet a lot of, of people in those clubs. Yeah. Uh, that's where I met Jeff Beccaro first. And so, you know, word of mouth is such that uh, when certain bands were auditioning to go on the road, Someone who might be working for that band would remember somebody that might fit the job description that they were looking for. You know? yeah. and, and In my case, uh, I could sing all the high parts in my natural voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't anymore, but back then I, I could, and uh, so that, I was a valuable asset to any band that was trying not to hire too many people. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. They were like, "We can get like three yeah, out of this guy." Yeah, play the keyboards
5: and sing the high parts. You know?
0: So then you're. It's nineteen. 19- uh, 76. And you write two songs for the Doobie Brothers for the album, Taken to the Streets. You wrote the title track, and it keeps you running. And you, you come in you, you, working with them, uh, and then you write these songs. Were you always writing songs?
5: Well, I was, yes. Uh, And uh, that was probably a lull in my songwriting, actually. But, you know, you always have songs laying around. Lulls
0: are good for you. Yeah, Yeah. well, yeah.
5: I I was very fortunate. You know, I mean, the Doobies uh, were always such a generous band, and uh, they were just desperate enough that they called me. And, uh, you know, all these these things kind of conspired to be in my better luck, you know. uh, And I met them, and we rehearsed two days and finished out the tour, you know there were so many bands that uh, there were the principals and then there were the other guys. Right. And, you know, with the Doobies, it was always, uh, you know, everybody in the band was, was really uh, proud to be a Doobie brother to this day. I, I, I think of myself as a Doobie brother, you know, um, all these years later, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, anytime these days, you know, I'm, I'm 67 now. So, you know, when we're on stage together, I don't think it's lost on any of us that none of us in our wildest dreams thought we would, would still be taking the stage together in our 60s, you know, and playing music together. So it's, uh, it's a, uh, amazing to me, you know. Yeah.
0: And your latest album called Wide Open, it's a. Uh released in 2017. It's the first collection of new music in 17 years. And I read that your son, Dylan, co-wrote a couple songs on the album.
5: He co-wrote one of them with me, yes. Uh, it was an idea he had that I wrote lyrics to. He was actually showing me a chord progression. He was trying to teach me some chords on guitar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he, you know, he made this progression, and, uh, and he was describing chords to me kind of like I would have at his age. It was, this is a Dave Navarro chord, you know. <laughs> not an A minor or a C minor, but a Dave, <laughs> Dave Navarro Dave chord. chord. So I, uh, you know, I, I remember saying to him, I said, why? That's, I like that. It's, it's, I like that prog- chord progression. And uh, we should write something, to which he replied, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so I went off, and he... Myself and his <laughs> uncle, my brother-in-law, we wrote some lyrics to it and then uh, recorded a demo of it. And uh, I'm still trying to get him to record that song, and he he just doesn't want to. He doesn't want to? <laughs> uh, I You know, I, I think it would be a perfect song for him. It would actually be a better record, I think, with his band than, oh, yeah. than what, what, what we did. I mean, I enjoy the song. I love playing it live, but... Uh, I still would like to hear his uh, band play it, because they're more of a rock band.
0: Well, maybe you can get someone who's not his dad to suggest it. You know,
5: that's (laughs) pretty much what it would take, actually. Uh,
0: So, uh, if I say your name to a friend, they smile and yell back, yacht rock. Uh Which, of course, is a term that did not exist when the genre was actually active uh, from, like, 1975 to 84, but it was coined in 2005, uh, so what, what do you think of the term Yacht Rock?
5: In my case, in my age, musicians my age, thank God for casinos, <laughs> you know, Yacht Rock, uh, Oldies Radio, you know, you name it. The, all those things came along just in time, you know, to keep <laughs> us working. You know, yeah.
0: That's right. All right. Are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Sure. So you told us that you're actually really obsessed with female singers from the 60s and 70s. So in this game, we're going to play you a clip you just identify the singer. Okay. That's it. However, each clip is just a few seconds long. Okay. And if you do well enough, listener, Martha Swanson from Santa Barbara will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube.
5: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All
0: right, here we go. This 1967 hit was originally written and recorded by Otis Redding.
5: What it oh, to Rita me. Franklin. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's right, of course. Now apparently Otis Redding originally didn't like Aretha's version.
5: Really?
0: Because when he heard it he realized that it no longer belonged to him.
5: Ah. Huh. All
0: right, this 1965 song followed the hit songs Heatwave and Dancing in the Streets. It's not
5: enough, oh, yeah, Martha and the Vandellas, yeah.
0: Martha and the Vandellas is One of my correct.
5: Favorite songs, yeah.
0: You covered this song. I did, yeah. And supposedly Martha and the Vandellas got their big break when Martha Reeves, uh, who was working as a secretary for Motown Records, snagged the chance to sing Back Up to Marvin Gaye in a recording session. Wow. All right. This 1972 song is performed by a gospel family band who often played before Martin Luther King's speeches. I'm calling, calling,
5: calling mercy. Mavis Staples.
0: That's right. Yes. Uh, Bob Dylan proposed to her, but she turned him down.
5: Yeah, she probably made a good choice.
0: (laughs) She later married a Chicago mortician named Spencer Leake. Not a good name.
5: Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, this is your last clip. This song was released in 1974.
5: Oh, Linda Ronstein. Yeah, Linda Ronstadt, you're no good.
0: All right, well, congratulations, Michael McDonald. You did fantastic. Right, and well. you and listener Martha Swanson both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Michael McDonald will perform a benefit concert for the Rhythmic Arts Project right here at the Lobero Theater on November 1st. And his latest album, Wide Open, is available now. Give it up for Michael McDonald's. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game where they have to guess if an ice cream is real or fake. I believe all ice creams are fake. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Deny, deny, deny. That way the calories don't count. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Kate Morix. You're a graduate student at UC Santa Barbara in ethnomusicology. Yes. Fantastic. (laughs) So you're studying how people use music in social circumstances. Yes. Have you studied how music influences people's, let's say, you know, what they play in shopping malls or whatever to get people to purchase things?
1: Yes. There's actually a lot been written about shopping mall music. Yeah. It's actually kind of creepy and dystopian. Good. Like,
0: yeah. Let's hear about it. <laughs> give me one like dystopian fact. Like they play fact. stuff
1: in the hallway to drive people into the stores and then they blast music really loud in the stores themselves to get people to buy things. Because apparently when you're being like yelled at or singed at really loud, you buy more shirts. Really?
0: (laughs) Got it. All right, Kay, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Sam Capoli, mechanical engineer for naval ships, and you accidentally created a sauce packet collection. A lot of sauces. Okay, yeah, how did this happen?
2: So someone at work, a colleague of mine, gave me a McDonald's strawberry jam packet and said, here, for the collection. I had no idea. I mean, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll go put it up
0: here on my collection, tacked it to my board, and then people just started bringing me packets. How, many, how strong is this collection? How many pieces? I think it's at about 63 right now. What? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Sam, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Kate and Sam, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. So Santa Barbara is home to McConnell's Ice Cream, which has been around since 1949. And it's known for unique flavors like olive oil and salted almond and earl grey and shortbread. So in this guessing game, Jonathan and I will name Ice Cream Flavors. You're going to ring in and guess if it's real or something we made up. But be careful, because if you're guessing correctly, your opponent automatically scores the points. Here we go.
2: At Salt and Straw in Portland, a sherbet called Avocado Toast Supreme. Kate.
1: That's true.
0: Yes, that is a real flavor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course that is. Portland, sherbet, avocado. It's like I'm saying the same word over and over and (laughs) over again. (laughs) But can you get a poached egg on top for an extra six bucks? That's the question.
2: At Ice Artisan in Scotland, mayonnaise ice cream. Sam. I really want that to be true. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> yeah, on the Today Show, the shop's owner described it as a full-on hit of fat and cream, followed with an eggy, milky aftertaste. Young. So if you weren't sold on it before, perhaps maybe now you will be. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> At Me Cafe in Japan, Cockatiel Ice Cream. Kate. True? Yeah, it's real. Okay, it's a honey apple flavor with sunflower and pumpkin seeds. They describe it as tasting like the moment when you're sleeping with your mouth open and your cockatiel runs over your face and gets its leg in your mouth. Ah. What is going on over there? (laughs) At Cocky Talkery in Los Angeles, fish taco ice cream with tiny bits of fried fish and topped with mango salsa. <laughs> Sam.
3: I feel
2: like this is true.
0: I'm sorry, it is fake. Oh, good. <laughs> we made that up. This is your
2: last clue. At Bill's Chocolate Emporium in Bar Harbor, Maine, lobster ice cream. Kate.
1: I think that's real.
2: It is absolutely real. You know, if you mix that with the mayonnaise ice cream, you get yourself a lobster salad.
0: (laughs) Great game. Kate is in the lead. If you have ever calculated the exact amount of time to leave ice cream on the counter so it gets just soft enough... You should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org to learn how to be a contestant. Coming up, we'll meet a water taxi captain and play a game where contestants guess if things are older or younger than Santa Barbara member station KCLU. By the way, I can tell KCLU has had some work done. That's a new antenna, right? I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another, coming to you from Santa Barbara, California. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Kate and Sam. Our next game is about beach activities that don't involve getting in the water, like going back inside. (laughs) Uh, Kate, do you think life's a beach? And justify your answer, please.
1: Yes. Oh. Because I am always getting sunburned no matter where I am.
0: I hear you. I hear you on that one. Mm-hmm. When I go to the beach, I'm basically in a hazmat suit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like seven layers of sunscreen. So you're I are Just like glowing.
0: Yeah. Yep. I know. It's real fun, right? Yep. Very Love good. It. Good. I'm with you. Sam, what do you think? Life's a beach? Yes, Oh, definitely. Or no? Yes, and why? Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, there's so much water all the time and like sand. I mean, no matter where you get it, it follows you around. Life's a beach because you you always have sand and water around (coughs) you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
0: makes sense. Are we all high? Are we all high right now? (laughs) (laughs) Feel like that? Could be. So tourists flock to California beaches, and then they are surprised to learn that the Pacific is, of course, really cold. That hard truth inspired this music parody game. Kate, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Sam, you need to get more points, or you have to watch the 2000 Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Beach, without once saying, oh, come on.
2: (laughs) This game is called Non-Surfing Safari. We rewrote songs by the Beach Boys to be about beach activities you can do without getting more than your feet wet. So ring in to identify the activity, and if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can name the original Beach Boys song. Here we go. You catch me working those columns in the gothic style. Onion dome and buttress going to take a while. It's like the Alhambra meets the Corbusier. We only have until high tide when it's washed away. Kate.
1: Building sandcastles.
2: That is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song?
1: Surfing USA. Yeah, that's right.
2: Here's your next one. Wouldn't it be nice to solve the murder Of a girl you saw while on the train Would you like to get a dog named Marley or learn the art of racing in the rain? The girl is gone and maybe he's the killer, a plotty romance or a legal thriller, or maybe some Anne Rice. (laughs) Sam? Summer blockbuster? No, I'm sorry. That's not what we're looking for. Uh, Kate, can you steal?
1: Uh, reading a novel, like like a mystery novel. Yeah, we,
2: yeah, we'll give that to you. We're looking for beach read is what we're oh, looking for, but okay. yeah, that's correct. <laughs> reading, we will accept. We're looking for beach murder. Beach, beach murder.
4: It's <laughs> sort
2: of. a thing you can do at the beach without really yeah, getting exactly. your feet wet, I guess. <laughs> uh, for a bonus point, can you identify the song?
1: I already forgot it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Here we go. Beep 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 beep. A wedding band buried in the sand. I also found a can. I found a quarter and a dime. People lose things all the time in the sand. Beep beep. Here in the sand, I apologize to all of my music professors in college. <laughs> Sam, a uh, beachcombing. Beach combing, that's right, or metal detecting, that is correct. For a bonus point, can you identify the song? Barbara Ann? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Watching the string uncoil, a delta box or parafoil. Be careful how you unwind it, let go and you'll never find it. While the wind blows, it will soar above you. Sam. Flying a kite? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Bonus point if you can identify the song. I really love you. Thank you, Sam, but I need you to name (laughs) (laughs) the song. Flattery will get you nowhere. (laughs) Shoot your shot. (laughs) Sorry, that was called God Only Knows. But I appreciate the sentence very much. (laughs) This is your last clue. You bump it, you set it, dive until you get it. You spike it, you serve it, win if you deserve it. Bear midriffs are nice, man. Maverick versus Iceman when you're by the tide. Who would ever want to play inside? But on the other hand, you're caked in sweat and sand. Kate
1: uh beach volleyball
2: Yeah, you got it. For a bonus point, can you name the song? Kokomo. Yeah, that's right.
0: You guys did great and after two games, Kate is moving on to our final round. The final round is coming up, but first it's time for us to play a game. This is Meet the Expert. So, in our research of Santa Barbara, one of our producers stumbled across a water taxi service, and when she told us the boat's name, we became obsessed. (laughs) The boat is Lil Toot, (laughs) and its owner is Captain Fred Hirschman. Welcome to the show, Captain Fred. Glad to be here. So, for everybody outside of Santa Barbara who is not familiar with Little Toot, can you describe Little Toot for everyone?
4: Little Toot's a uh, cute little yellow tugboat that goes back and forth across the harbor. How long is the ride? It's about 12, 15 minutes. And what, what was the inspiration uh, for
0: little, little Toot's origin as we a water can, taxi? We kind
4: of stumbled onto it, but uh, it's right from the story from Hardy Gromansky, yeah. 1938. And the boat we bought looked just like the one in the book.
0: Yeah. Uh, and does it have any special features?
4: It has a... Um, the bubbles come out of the smokestack. <laughs> and it has a toot-toot whistle. It has a smile on the bow. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and the kids get to help drive.
0: And the kids can help drive. Is it, is it easy to drive, the tugboat?
4: No, it takes years and years of practice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: And why did you start a water taxi business?
4: I grew up on the water. Yeah. And I was in the Coast Guard, and then I was in business, and I retired, and we needed something to do. So we went to the city with an idea, and they said, no, we don't like that idea. So we wanted, we'd rather have a regular scheduled water taxi from the wharf to the harbor. So we scratched out our business plan, and now we're in the water taxi business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the other business plan that they didn't like?
4: We were going to have a wine tour, on electric boat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you, Captain Fred, you grew up on a sailboat, as you mentioned, and you were in the Coast Guard. You know, you know a lot
4: about boats. I would like to think so, yes. Yeah.
0: Our house musician, Jonathan Colton, also has experience with boats because every year he runs his own cruise, the Joko Cruise.
2: That's correct, yeah.
0: So uh, have you picked up any boat knowledge along the years of doing
2: They don't let me drive the cruise ship? They don't? Apparently it's very complicated, (laughs) so I'm not allowed to do that. But yeah, I guess I may have picked up a couple of things here and there. One thing I know is that they get very angry when you call it a boat. It's supposed to be called a ship. Oh. And when you say boat, they say, no, 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 it's a ship. What's the difference? I don't know. Do you know the difference, Captain Fred? Do you you know why they get angry? You can put a boat on a ship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you can't put a ship on a boat. If it,
2: if it has other boats on it, then it's a ship.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so this is perfect. Jonathan, Captain Fred, and I are going to quiz you about basic nautical knowledge. Good. And if you fail, you are never allowed to go to sea again.
2: It's going to make it hard to run the cruise, but okay. All right. I accept your terms.
0: First question, what unit of measurement describes a boat's speed?
2: Uh, I believe that is uh The knot. Correct,
0: correct. That's a knot. Okay, very yeah. good. Well done. So, and what is a knot equal, like, if, if I say, well, what's a knot?
4: A nautical mile is a mile and an eighth.
0: A mile and an eighth. Yeah. Seems easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, little, little toot, like, if you really punch it, how many knots could you go? Six. Six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds fast. Yeah. Jonathan, what does a boat's green safety light indicate?
2: A green safety light.
0: Green safety light.
2: I have seen a lot of times on boats, there's like a red light and a green light on yeah. the front, which I think is some indication of which side of the boat when you can't see the boat at night. So sure. maybe the green light has something to do with which way you're supposed to cross in front of the boat. It marks the
0: right-hand side. The right-hand side, which is the starboard side. Starboard side. So, can we give him a point for that? What do you think? (laughs) Very generous. Very generous. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, little toot. So speaking of safety, sharing the harbor with other recreational boats has got to be pretty challenging if you're, you know, going full speed at six it's knots an and a little toot. Right. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the challenges
4: there? Uh, stand-up paddleboards, kayaks, other oh. boats. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, which ones do you like the least? Kayaks. Kayaks. <laughs> <laughs> they Is... call them speed bumps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is your last clue, Jonathan. You're doing great. Terrific, thank you. You're doing great. Jonathan, when speaking over the radio to another boat, what should you say to end the conversation?
2: Uh, You say, like, nice talking to you, other boat. (laughs) No, you say, I don't, I don't know if this is a ship thing, but I, I think radio etiquette is you say over over and out. Over and out. A conversation. I don't over know if and it's out. the same on a ship.
4: One or the other, not both of them. Oh, no, no. okay. <laughs> when you finish talking, you say over. Oh, okay. When you're done with the conversation, you say out or clear.
0: Oh, so when I finish my, the end of my thought, I say over, over. And that indicates... Then it's the other person's time to talk. And when we're done completely, I say out. Out. But if I say over and out, confusing. What's going on there? Rookies.
2: <laughs> right, somebody from the soft Cruise industry is yeah, trying right. to...
0: I bet kayakers say over and out I bet do. they do Okay, I guess, Jonathan, you did amazing So thank I you. guess we will let you Get on a boat again I learned so many things So thank you so much Give it up for our expert, everybody Little toot captain, Fred Hirschman So it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Alex Johnson, who has the best laugh of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And Kate Morix, who tells us that when you get yelled at, you buy more shirts. Alex and Kate, we're here today to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Santa Barbara Public Radio Station, KCLU, founded in 1994. So, your final round is called 25. I am going to name a thing. You're going to tell me, is it older or younger than KCLU? And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube Signed by Michael McDonald. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Alex is going first. Remember, is it older or younger than 25? Here you go. Alex, the Toyota Prius. Older. Sorry, it is younger, 1997. Kate, Taco Bell Chalupas. Oh, younger. Yes, that is correct. Younger, 1999. Alex, the Choco Taco. Older. Older is correct, 1984. Kate, Grey Goose Vodka. Older. Younger, 1996. Alex, Crocs, as in the shoes. Younger. Younger is correct, 2002. Kate, Call Me By Your Name star, Timote Chalamet. Who? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Younger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: younger is correct. He was born in nineteen ninety-five. Alex, Santa Barbara native, Katy Perry. Older. Older, yes, born in nineteen eighty-four. Kate, Billy Blank's first Bo instructional workout tape. Um Older? <laughs> Sorry, it is younger, nineteen ninety-nine. All right, Jonathan, how are contestants doing?
2: With that question, Alex has pulled into the lead. It is three to two.
0: Alex, the series finale of Cheers.
3: That's a really tough one. Isn't it? It, It's timeless. (laughs) 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 Younger.
0: Sorry, it is older in 1993. Kate, the series premiere of Frasier. Older. Older. Also in 1993, just a few months after the Cheers finale. Alex, the first BlackBerry device. Older. I'm sorry, the answer is younger, 1999. Kate, Fuji disposable cameras. Ooh, older. Older, 1986. All right, only a few questions left. Jonathan, what's the situation?
2: This is an exciting game. I agree. Kate (laughs) has turned that deficit around. It is now four to three. Kate in the lead. Alex.
0: Alex the London Eye giant Ferris wheel.
3: I remember a movie plot about that being made, <laughs> but I don't know the age of the movie
0: hmm.
3: or the age of the eye by mm-hmm. association.
0: I feel like we're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?
3: Do I, do I get to phone a friend? Nope. 50-50?
0: Three seconds. Older. Sorry, it is Younger, launched in 2000.
2: Okay, Ophira, here's the situation. Oh, yes. The score is now four to three. Yeah. Kate, if you get this question right, you win the game.
0: Kate, reunified Germany. Oh, I'm doing math. It's Mm. not working. Older. Older is correct. 1990. (laughs) Congratulations, Kate. Alex, shout out. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being an amazing contestant on this show. Thank you. And congratulations, Kate. And that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
2: Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon.
0: Our puzzles were written by Camilla Franklin Madeline Kaplan Julia Melfi and senior writers Eric Feinstein and Karen Lurie with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Emily Winter Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal Ask Me Another produced by Mike Katzep, Travis Larchuk Kiara Powell Nancy Seychow Ramel Wood and our intern Natalie Hattayan along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman We are recorded by Damon Whittemore We'd like to thank the Libero Theatre
2: Hotter Earlobe
0: KCLU Luck <laughs> and our production partner WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're broadcasting from the hallway instead of the kitchen. And from HBO's Watchmen and the Amazon series Homecoming, we'll be joined by actor Hung Chao. She'll chat about Homecoming Season 2 and we'll challenge her to some of our nerdy games. Plus another fantastic group of friend-testants. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.
2: On NPR's Throughline, We cannot function for 24 hours without cobalt Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe.
5: Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch, and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR.
1: On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training, ChatGPT, for
3: instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's
5: climate conundrum. That's on the TED radio hour from NPR.